0: Hello, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Dropping the Plumb Line. My name is Stacey Mueller. It is September 12, 2023. And on this podcast, I want to take the time to recite to you George Washington's vision that he had in Valley Forge in 1777. And I want to take the excerpt from the book called The USA and Bible Prophecy. And um, one of the reasons why I've been inspired to do this uh, is because of what happened yesterday on nine eleven. You know, nothing happened for me on 9-11 this last year, and I found my head just like spinning and thinking, huh, I just feel so different about this 9-11 than I have in the past 21 9-11s, but this is this 22nd 9-11, and that got my attention, because 22 means sons of light. And then the Holy Spirit was just kind of putting in my heart that, you know, the days of mourning about what transpired on 9-11 when the Twin Towers went down is done. And the seed that has died is about ready... To come forward with a new birth, and then I kind of saw in the pit in the spirit the twin towers, and one of them said righteousness, and the other said justice. And of course, I saw the plummet line dropping down on ground zero and going down into the ground, uh, to uh, the ancient of days, and the and the purpose of why God established this nation by the spirit of the living God and His divine providence, and He wanted to make this land a land that was set apart to share his good news and be a beacon of hope to the nations. And so I feel like we're in a shift and I hope you can feel it too, because we're heading into these fall feasts that are around the corner on 915. And the body of Christ is in a place of synergy and unity that I've never seen before. We finally have come to a place where we have dropped down our uh, individual agendas. And I think we have picked up the cause, the kingdom cause to unite as one and to seek heaven for his plan, his purpose, his decree for our nation. And I've never seen a movement like I am right now, where everyone is pounding heaven's door for his help. And so it's a different cry of help. You know, in 1968, they 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 made 911 as the uh, button to hit for a cry for help. But we're doing a 911 up to the throne of God. And we've been crying crying for his help and for his strength. And it's almost like a Genesis 32 moment where Jacob and the number 21 is associated with Jacob. It's a number of distress that he finally came to a place where all of his scheming, all of his resources were not going to get him past his enemy and get him back home. And so he had to go back to the Lord with everything in his heart and ask for his help. And so I think we're doing that as well. And the Lord was wrestling with him with an angel. And then finally, when he came to the end of his self, the angel asked his name, what is your name, Jacob? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. And so the angel said to him, you know what? Your name is no longer Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. And I think that is a word for us right now. We've been struggling with God as a as a remnant. God, where are you? Help me get through the pressing and the pressure. Help me hold on to your word. And we've been, we've actually been struggling with men because truth has been revealed. And now we've been having to separate ourselves out and come into a new place with God. And if we're holding on by faith and obedience, we We are prevailing, and I feel like many of the saints right now are holding on right now. We are holding on, God, that through this shaking, you are going to come through. Well, after that moment that Jacob had with the angel, uh, Jacob asked him, Well, tell me what your name is, I pray. And he said, Well, why is that? You asked me my name. And the angel blessed him there. And Jacob called that name Peniel. And he said, For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And I feel that is a word for us because we are, we are, we have the hope inside of us that we're going to see God face to face. And in the fall feast season, that is the time and the season that God has promised that we will come into a place to see him face to face when those fall feasts are fulfilled. And then what happened to Jacob is he crossed over Peniel and the sun rose upon his face and he limped on and he went forward. And he, you know, he was encountering Esau, but God had gone before him and gave him favor with Esau. And he was able to go right through. After the 21 years of distress that Jacob had, that Jacob's trouble, after distress comes rest when we Come face to face with the Lord, and he says, you are my son of light, number 22, and you will go forth and shine for me. Follow my lead. That's what Israel means, to be a prince under God's rulership. I do believe Daniel seven twenty-one and 22, where the Ancient of Days judges in favor of the saints is upon us, and that will happen on the Day of Atonement. Day of atonement then will be a day, not of mourning and coming in uh, to a place of judgment, but a place of jubilee where there's rejoicing that all the debts have been paid and we're starting a brand new thing. And God is going to move through that rebuilding process through the sons of light. So tying this back to George Washington, uh, I guess maybe it's because he was our first president and God used him mightily. And the vision that he has will inspire hope, but when I see that vision of nine eleven uh, coming into a rebirth, uh, I also think of the number twenty two. It's the twenty second anniversary. Then I go to Isaiah twenty two twenty two, which says, "The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and no one shall shut; he shall shut and no one shall open." And I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place, and he will become a glorious throne to his father's house. And I feel like the sons of light are are being fastened as a peg in a secure place right now. And so we will rise up and be glorious in our father's house. I really feel that. And so this actually made me think of, okay, well, some of the secure pegs that came into our nation that we've been decreeing, are these forefathers, and what they decreed over our nation what the Lord showed them, and so God has inspired me over the years to share this vision out into the atmosphere, and the first time he had me do it was on Passover of twenty twenty Then the second time he had me do it was on George Washington's birthday last year, which was two twenty two 2022. There is six twos in that date. Six times two is 12, which is the number of government. And we all know that government was upon George Washington's shoulders. He was our first president. However, what's more impressive is that he was a man of prayer. And because he prayed and sought God's heart, God gave him a governmental spiritual mantle to help go through the odds and there 's so many miracles to his story and how he was used actually to facilitate this, the the birthing of this nation so last year, when we did come together here at the White House on two hundred twenty two twenty two uh, I had put together a, a list of scriptures that had that identity mark of 22 in them, and uh, just, we were gathered together to pray, and then the other note that I had was, I was like, this is what I wanted to share with you, I could not even believe that this transpired, and I forgot, but on that day, on 2 in the signs in the sky, the Pluto planet there was a 240 year event. It's a once in a 240 year event. And Pluto was going to conjunct or return to the United States. The last time that Pluto was seen shining over the United States was on July 4th, 1776, the exact founding day of America and her independence. And the 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 planet pluto is actually almost symbolizing this this transformation and renewal because that's what happened in america and now she's gone through such a struggle, but Pluto has come back on George Washington's birthday to shine its light and to kind of decree and declare, hey, I'm about ready to do a new thing. It will come forth. So in Genesis 1, the Lord decrees that he created the sun, the moon, the stars to be for signs and for seasons. And that word signs means a signal of the divine one, Yeshua, to come, come the first time, come the second time with the saints who have been chosen to uh, assist him in the millennium. And the word seasons is the same word that we use for, used for feasts of the Lord. It means a uh, divine appointed time. So God uses the feast calendar and his divine appointed days to fulfill this wonderful love story of redemption through. And so the, that's I wanted to share that because I have learned now studying the feast how important it is to look up look up at the skies and let God's handiwork what he's written in the stars decree a witness of what he wants to do here on the earth we got to take that back God says that he named all the stars and when we start seeing and putting our eyes on what's transpiring in the sky as a sign and a witness of what he wants to do on the earth that is a wonderful uh, confirmation that we can hold on to. And so I want to share that with you that that happened last year. And so God started shifting things last year and he started shifting the body of Christ as well to a precipice of where we're at right now um, that I just read to you in Genesis 32. Well, I know you can tell that I'm pretty excited about these fall feasts coming up and I, and I really want to get this George Washington vision um, out there. So I'm going to go ahead and start sharing. And just to remind you, he had 22 years to share this vision before he passed away, and so given that twenty-two is the number that God keeps pounding on the pavement of my spirit and my heart, um, I felt led to share this again with you and so this is uh this is the account that's in this book called the u s a in Bible Prophecy. The place was Valley Forge in the cold and bitter winter of seventeen seventy seven Washington's army had suffered several reverses and the situation was desperate. Food was scarce and the Continental Congress was not sending supplies or money. Some of the troops did not even have shoes to wear in the snow. Many soldiers were sick and dying from disease and exposure, and morale, it was at an all-time low. There was great agitation in the colonies against the continued effort to secure our freedom from England. Nevertheless, George Washington, he was determined to see the struggle through. These are the words of the first-hand observer, Anthony Sherman, who was there and described the situation. You doubtless heard the story of Washington's going to the thicket to pray. Well, it not only is true, but he used to often pray in secret for aid and comfort from God, the interposition whose divine providence brought us safely through the darkest days of tribulation. One day, I remember it well, when the chilly winds whistled through the leafless trees, though the sky was cloudless and the sun shone brightly. But George Washington, he remained in his quarters nearly all the afternoon alone. When he came out, I noticed that his face was a shade paler than usual there seemed to be something on his mind of more than ordinary importance. Returning just after dusk, he dispatched an orderly to the quarters who were presently in attendance, and after a preliminary conversation for about an hour, Washington, gazing upon his companion with that strange look of dignity which he alone commanded, related the event that occurred that day. This afternoon, as I was sitting at this table, engaged in preparing a dispatch, something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld, standing opposite me, a singularly beautiful female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was for some moments before I found language to inquire the cause of her presence." A second, third, and fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor except a slight raising of her eyes. By this time I felt strange sensations spreading throughout me, and I would have risen but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I asked one more time to address her, but my tongue, it had become useless as though it had become paralyzed." A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, uh, took possession of me, and all I could do was gaze steadily, vacantly, at my unknown visitor. Gradually, the surrounding atmosphere seemed as if it became filled with the sensations and luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy, and the mysterious visitor self became more airy and yet more distinct to my sight than before." I now began to feel as if I was dying, or rather experience the sensations which I have sometimes imagined accompanying disillusion. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move, and all were impossible alike. I was only conscious, gazingly, fixedly, vacantly at my companion. Presently I heard a voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn, which at the same time my visitor extended her arm eastwardly. I now beheld a heavy white vapor at some distance rising fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated, and I looked upon a strange scene. Before me lay spread out in a vast plain all the countries of the world Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. The bill, the billing, rolling, and tossing between Europe and America, the billows of the Atlantic between Asia and America, they lay the Pacific, they were all before me. Son of the Republic, said the same mysterious voice as before, look and learn. At that moment I beheld a dark, shadowy being, like an angel, standing, or rather floating, in mid-air between Europe and America. Dipping water out of the ocean in the hollow of each hand, he sprinkled some upon America with his right hand, while with his left hand he cast some to Europe. Immediately, a cloud raised from these countries and joined in mid-ocean, and for a while it remained stationary and then moved slowly westward until it enveloped America in its murky folds. Sharp flashes of lightning gleamed through its intervals, and I heard the smothered groans and cries of the American people a second time the angel dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it out as before the dark cloud was then drawn back to the ocean in whose heaving billows it sank from view A third time, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. I cast my eye upon America and beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up one after another until the whole land from Atlantic to the Pacific was dotted with them. Again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh, look and learn. At this, the dark, shadowy angel turned his face southward, And from Africa, I saw an ill-omened specter approach our land. It flitted slowly over every town and city of the latter. The inhabitants presently set upon themselves in battle array against each other. And as I continued looking, I saw a bright angel upon whose brow rested a crown of light, on which was traced the word Union, bearing the American flag which he placed between the divided nation and said, Remember, ye are brethren. Instantly, the inhabitants, casting from them their weapons, became friends once more and united around the national standard. Again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. At this, the dark, shadowy angel placed a trumpet in his mouth and blew three distinct blasts, and taking water from the ocean, he sprinkled it upon Europe "'Asia and Africa. "'Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene. "'From each of these countries arose thick, "'black clouds that were soon joined into one. "'Throughout this mass there gleamed a dark red light "'by which I saw hordes of armed men "'who, moving with the cloud, "'marched by land and sailed by sea to America.' Our country was enveloped in this volume of a cloud, and I saw these vast armies devastate the whole country and burn the villages, towns, and cities that I beheld springing up. As my ear listened to the thundering of the cannon, the clashing of the swords, and the shout of cries of millions in mortal combat, I heard again the mysterious voice saying, "'Son of the Republic, look and learn.' And when the voice had ceased, the dark, shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long and fearful blast. Instantly, a light as of a thousand suns shone down from above me and pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America.' At that moment the angels, upon whose head still shone the word Union, and who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other, descended from the heavens, attended by legions of white spirits. And these immediately joined the inhabitants of America, who I perceived were well nigh overcome, but who, immediately, taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle." Again, amid the fear amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice say, "Son of the Republic, look and learn." And as the voice ceased, the shadowy angel, for the last time, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled upon america and Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back together with the armies it had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. And then once more I beheld the villages, the towns, and the cities springing up where I had seen them before, while the bright angel, planting the azure standard it had brought in the midst of them, cried with a loud voice, While the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last." And taking from his brow the crown on which was blazoned the word union, he placed it upon the standard, while the people kneeling down said, Amen. The scene instantly began to fade and dissolve, and I at last saw nothing but the rising curling vapor I at first beheld. This also disappearing, I found myself once more gazing upon my mysterious visitor who, in the same voice I had heard before, said, "'Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted. Three great perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is the third.' But in the greatest conflict, the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the Republic learn to live for his God and his land in the Union. And while these words, the vision vanished. And I started from my seat and felt I had seen a vision wherein God had shown me the birth, the progress and destiny of the United States. Thus ended George Washington's vision and the prophecy for the United States of America as told by our General in his own words. And Lord, I just thank you for this vision. Even as I'm reading it, I am stirred up. I thank you for the angelic hosts that are being released, that have the banner union upon them, and they're holding the banner of our flag of the United States of America that has all the uh, emblems and the proclamations of what you have destined for this nation. And so, Father, we lift up the flag, and we lift up the decree, and we lift up our forefathers and the heroes of faith that have gone before us. And we say yes and amen to what you have determined and what you have spoken over this nation, that this nation is one nation under God and it is called to be a fruitful bow to go out and to decree and declare the good news that Yeshua is King of Kings and He's Lord of Lords and is returning with the sons of light beside Him to go forth and to establish the nations underneath His judgment and His rule and to release healing in the nation and father i just thank you for the heroes of faith that has been sit, that has been said in hebrews 11 the cloud of great witnesses that have taken that torch and they have by faith and obedience carried the covenant promise to restore us back to an amazing god face to face and then we come into this glorious word that you release to us in hebrews 12 the glorious company and you say to us for you have not come to the mountain that be touched and burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of the words that those who heard it back in the Old Testament they begged that that word should not be spoken to them anymore for they couldn't endure what was commanded but Lord you've given us the ability through the gift of the Holy Spirit to hear your voice to endure to press in and Father to Prevail, And you promise us that we will be preserved at your word. And your word goes on. And if so, as a beast touches a mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling, but you have come. You say, Lord, we are coming with the fear of the Lord, that you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to a heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerous com- of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven for God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, <laughs> the meteor of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. Lord, we thank you that we hear the heavenly voice and we see that, Lord, that you have have calling us right now in this hour and we want to hear the trumpet and the sound of of your voice, you say, "Don't refuse that you when you speak to us." For they didn't escape who refused Him who spoke on the earth, and we will not escape either. So, Lord, give us the ears to hear and the eyes to see what you're doing. And Lord, you say that you're coming back, and Lord, that you are going to shake not not only the earth but also the heavens once more. Holy Spirit, help us to remain steadfast in you with our faith and our obedience. And therefore, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Lord, you are our consuming fire. And with reverence, we honor you and we thank you for your covenant and that you are a God that is a is good to your word. And so, Lord, as we enter into this feast season, I just pray that everyone that's hearing this will come up to the heavenlies, hear the sound of the trumpet, be ready in their heart with their, their lamp and their are oil full and they come into this place where they can see you face to face in Yeshua's name. God bless you.